When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, we are going to be letting you know what we're into right now. These episodes were super popular last year, so this is going to become a regular occurrence. We're going to do it at least like three or four times a year, and it will just be basically a whole episode featuring what how we open, you know, with what we're into currently. So we're going to be talking about music, podcasts, books, fanfics, television, movies, so just Every single recommendation you can possibly think of will be in here. And I'm sure everybody's recommendations, especially mine, will be top tier. (laughs) Especially yours. Yes. Yes. Everybody knows I'm better than the rest. So. (laughs) I'm so humble. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to hype myself up here. Okay. So before I have my panelists introduce themselves and... I have a very special treat for them. They don't even know what I'm going to ask them. So before I do that, just a quick reminder that we are on Patreon. So for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the show. Help us continue to bring you the content that you love, that brightens your week, just makes your month. So head on over to the link in our show notes or go into our link tree and the link is there. And for as little as $3 a month, you can do that and you get bonus content. Like I swear, I promise The bonus American Horror Story episode is coming your way. It's three hours, seasons one and two. And pretty soon we're going to be talking about seasons three and four. And you know what that means if you're an American Horror Story fan. You know that that means that that's the first one, season four, featuring my lovely Finn Whitrock (laughs) as the most obnoxious horrible evil man ever but he's incredible in the performance dandy mott so we get to talk about a spoiled rich white man throwing tantrums through a whole season is what he does but it's fun so yeah so that'll be fun and of course we've got a fanfic coming this summer as well okay so bex the way we're going to start this is i want to know who your very first celebrity crush was and i want to know your last celebrity crush. So like your most recent celebrity crush. Okay. Um, first one is going to sound so generic girl from the like late eighties, early nineties. And it would have to be JTT. <laughs> <laughs> I was so worried you were going to say mine, but you didn't. You didn't say mine either. <laughs> I'm it so just, excited. Yeah. From, from the beginning of, 
what was that the home improvement show yes. and all of that yep yep that was that was the beginning um and most recently as timothy Oliphant. Oh, oh my god that's I just forever like, saw him in the book of boba fett and i was just like you know what yeah he can get it <laughs> yeah. my husband my husband now calls him your boy Timmy O. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we are going to do eventually. We really are going to do this. We had come up with this during our 200th episode uh, featuring Carla and Meg, and Paula was on there too. We're going to do a battle of the Tim O's, but they're both going to win because they're both amazing with Timothy Oliphant and Timothy Omenson. So it's going to be a battle of the, yeah, because, oh, Timothy Oliphant is a, is a lifelong crush. And we're going to be talking about Deadwood and Justified later this year, too. And that's the thing is, like, I haven't, hadn't really seen him in much. I think the first time I saw him, I know it's probably like, I shouldn't confess this, but was in the good place. That's like wh where I first heard of him. So I'm like, but when I saw him in Book of Boba Fett, I was like, yep, mm -hmm, yep. I didn't even see him in the office. I know. I, okay. <laughs> One of my best friends is a huge office fan, but oh, I yeah, you haven't watched that. That's watched right. it. <laughs> no, but I am going to address part of why I didn't watch the office a little bit later on. So, okay. Anyway, and I'm intrigued. <laughs> so, Carla. Who was your first and most recent? This is extremely hard. Okay. Um, That's what I she said. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. Um, okay. Just in case He-Man doesn't count because he can't really be a celebrity because he's a, a an animated character. Um, I'm going to skip forward to Emilio Estevez, who was the first time... <laughs> the first time that I was like really like oh wow I might be in love with this man and okay I was like zero percent surprised yeah yeah I know everybody knows my love of Emilio the mighty duckman I swear to God absolutely fully surprised. yes yes I, I I just loved him and everything and I was obsessed with him in the young gun young guns movies um I even had uh like mentally written out a movie in which I got to star with him. And it was, you know, like Billy the Kid supposedly dies, but he doesn't really die. He's hiding out and I'm hiding out with him. And I'm like, you know, like I said, 10 or 11 years old in real life, but imagining myself aged up so that it's not weird that I am hiding out with. But okay, so th that's enough. It's that's still amazing. pretty fucking weird. That's amazing though. <laughs> It's going to be an amazing movie and potentially win a uh, many awards. So I don't know why you're lacking the imagination. I'd watch it. Me too. Right? We should make it be a directorial <laughs> debut. Yes. Yes, for sure. Because I'm totally sure that he would be so down to make a movie with me from a script that I wrote only in my head when I was, you know, just into my tens. And like my current, I, I just, I, I can't think of, of anybody really that I'm super duper majorly in love with. I, I've, I've been hurt so many times that I just kind of <laughs> stay away from. <laughs> like to the point where I don't she really She has to protect her herself anymore. Yes, I'm protecting my heart. From and your you fictional crushes. Cruel about it. Just like casually cruel about it. But. Um, 
potentially Dan Levy, um, with whom I have no chance, not only because I never met him and never will, but eyebrows. many other factors. Oh, God, those eyebrows. Oh, yes, baby. But he's so talented, smart. He is clever as hell. He has just, he just seems to be bursting with, with brilliant ideas. And he is so incredibly beautiful. I just, I, I, I love him. But you know, I'll, I'll say Dan Levy, even though he's really my, my crush of like last year. But I, I don't really have one. He's so right last now. year. He's so, so last year. So twenty twenty one, guys. Those eyebrows, those eyebrows are forever, though. Those are mm. timeless eyebrows. That's a, that's a good choice. And my sister just the other day, last Sunday, uh, finished Schitt's Creek. So yes. and she 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 loves David and Patrick and she loves the whole show. She was she was very much taste. in love with that show. Yes, I was very excited that she watched that. So next I've got to get my mom to watch that show. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. Mrs. Aaron's mom. You've got Robin. To watch it. You're gonna love it. Okay, well, I wasn't sure if we were allowed to say her name in in semi public. Robin, you gotta watch it because it's so good. Take my word for it. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> Those were awesome. I knew it was Emilio. I knew it. I knew it. And I love that little, you know, thing you came up with there. Reminds me of me when I was young with my crushes too. So, so Meg. Okay. So I was going to say Uncle Jesse from Full House, but then I remembered the reason why I had a crush on Uncle Jesse from Full House was because I actually before having a crush on him had a very not weird crush on Elvis when I was a kid. <laughs> he was long guided to before I was born. That did not stop my loving him. And then it just kind of transferred over to uncle Jesse because uncle Jesse had his like Elvis vibes. <laughs> <laughs> because he did an Elvis impersonation. <laughs> so was it just Uncle Jesse or is it John Stamos in general? I, so I want to so, know that though too. I don't have like I guess my first celebrity like so Uncle Jesse was obviously the character and it was more him than John Stamos but like other than Elvis Presley um, <laughs> I was team Devin Sawa less than JTT during Catherine. the Tiger Beat the tiger, yeah, Casper. Can I keep you? Casper, my, my he's little awesome heart. too. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but he yeah. is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god, I love him. My, my little heart when he was Casper, like, was just Twitter painted for this man, for this man, for this boy. <laughs> That's true. Well, I mean, he was pretty young, so maybe to you, he was a man. To me, he was a man. I think I was like 10 and he was 12. And that was like, whoa, whoa. Like he was maybe 13 and it was it was pretty scandalous. I did not write a movie about him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it still felt very serious to me. Um, and a current celebrity crush. I don't really have like crushes on celebrities. I'm more like thirst over characters than I do over celebrities um but but i will say my constant and always deep deep love for hugh jackman is just always there it's kind of obnoxious <laughs> but 
yeah i don't know i don't have a lot of celebrity crushes i just i like characters i get obnoxious about them meg is above us <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a matter about being I'm above just kidding. I'm totally but it's just kidding. like i am able to defend characters actions so much better than actual people it's easier to hold them put them on a pedestal and be yeah. like oh yeah if they fall yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly that's true that's it's very true, true. Like, you know now that we're, that we're older and actually have ill standards and these people I mean, are not barely so... barely <laughs> yeah i used that... to like kirk cameron so <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> but now that now that we're seeing past the glossy images and everything into who they really are and the, the kind of stuff to support it's like ah what a downer <laughs> i'm just too tired to form that kind of crush anymore. <laughs> a lot of emotional investment like i can't follow these people around i can't follow their movements and read all the art there are so many articles about them why it's so much fun oh, having their a movements <laughs> I just want to look at them. I'm, I'm like following them on Google Google Maps. <laughs> it's so hard to get their phone and put Life 360. Drop that pin. The, <laughs> the less I know about them, the better, because I just want to look yes. at them and being pretty. That's what, that's what social media has done, is it's ruined the ability to have a celebrity crush, because yes. now you know too much of their shit. That's exactly like, it. It's like, now I have to like find out their inner thoughts, and some of them are incredibly vapid, and some of them are also just incredibly horrible. No, thank you. But some of them, some of them are amazing, like Devin Sawa. He's, he's, in, yes. he's so open <laughs> Also, both the Timos, they could both get it. Yes. Yes. Forever and always. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> my first celebrity crush was Michael J. Fox. I, uh, because of family ties. And then, of course, Back to the Future. And I had like teen beat, beat pictures up on my wall. Loved him so much. And I still really like him. I don't have a crush on him, but I still really like him. And I just, he was so adorable. Um, you know, Alex Keaton, even though <laughs> I would not like someone like that in real life, I loved him because of the way Michael J. Fox played that character. So he was amazing. And really quickly, before I say my current one, I want to say just a couple of a really funny thing about John Stamos really quickly. <laughs> now I'm scared. John, no, 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 no. This is this is a funny, silly story. So years and years ago, I had this dream because uh, it used to be every time I dream about someone famous, it was someone I did not care about, but was like, why am I dreaming about them? And I had a dream that John Stamos was my soulmate. <laughs> I had a dream about a Trent Reznor once, too. So. That's amazing. <laughs> also awesome. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, I mean, but... better if we got to go with the, the full house, guys. I mean, better John Stamos than Dave Coulier. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you listen to what Alanis has to say. <laughs> you ought to know. And then my current one is actually right now. It's my boyfriend, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Number one all-time favorite actor. Now, I have many, like, little crushes. It's a tear. Um, yes, it's a tear. Just like my best actor is a tear. So I have ones that are my forever ones. And, and Bradley Cooper is one of them. But right now it's a joke because of the whole Oscars thing that he was going to 
you know, supposed to be taking me. And I don't know. I should just give up, but. <laughs> he, he, heard of, lot, he heard about your marathon and he's probably like, oh, she's going to, she's going to be too tired to go. <laughs> she didn't invite me on the show. I'm not even allowed on her podcast marathon, but she wants me to take her to the Oscars when she's going to be exhausted and her voice is probably going to be gone. So see, that was a fun intro. See, that wasn't too hard. The funnest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll have to do a whole episode on that sometime. And Meg will be like, I don't have celebrity crushes. Oh, stop (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's get into what we're into. So we're going to start out with music. And this is Meg's favorite category of all of them. (laughs) I have an answer, though. Oh, whoa. Okay. Okay. So, Bex, what are you into music-wise? This was a hard one for me, too. I am not a music person. Uh, My husband has all the music love in the whole... Like, I can listen to music, but I don't often choose to listen to music so i like that you're like i can listen to it like if it's odd i'm not gonna like and i do i join but i never think oh put on some music it just it doesn't occur to me so like i'll say my number one favorite album is called dreams and lamentations is a piano album written by my husband during the pandemic but it hasn't come out yet but i've heard it a million times because he wrote it while we were both in lockdown together in the same room it's awesome though i actually now put it on in the background when i'm working at school because it doesn't have words and um it really helps me but in terms of things that people can have access to i am a fan of a comedy singing group called lou burger known for very popular hits that have made their way to TikTok, like white people taco night <laughs> um, I sing that every time I make I white people tacos. I don't the, think I want to know what what it's I, about. Carla, I sang it to you. Taco night. I, I wiped it out of my memory clearly because I don't want that that black ground beef from the grocery oh. store. I'm melting. I'm melting from the grocery store. Um, they also have one called the Vagina Song, which is very informative. Hey, bitch, let me buy you pizza which is a song written for Tim Meadows. They have one called Sausage, and the line is, Sausage is a roasted dick. (laughs) And uh, another favorite of mine, especially when I see them perform live, is uh, Things Got Silly. And that follows up with, uh, things. it's Things Got Silly, Eating Chili in a Gay Bar. Uh, I don't know. I have a blast with them. I saw them in 2019 right before everything shut down. And then I saw them last October when everything had kind of like the first time things were starting to open back up. So, um, yeah, that's that's my music, what I'm into. I can definitely put that on in the songs. I will probably be singing White People Taco Night now for the rest of the night in my head. So sorry, Meg. <laughs> it's in your head, too. <laughs> But yeah, that's it, re- it really is. <laughs> so those are your music, huh? Yep. So so I know Carla is actually, you know, a sane human and actually likes music, like most really good people do. <laughs> Love you, Megan Bex. <laughs> Sorry. Neither of us 
said we don't like music. We just don't actively like pursue music. I'm just giving you a hard time because I love music more than any other form of media. So there. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I give did. me some goddamn Rex, Aaron. I'm going to, but God, you no. probably won't even. But uh, so Carla. Okay. I have, okay, I'm narrowing it down because I have so many. And honestly, I don't know why I'm narrowing anything down because none of you are going to take them. <laughs> Even I Aaron... already told you the one thing I was going to talk about. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so I'm going to kick it off by saying that I've been listening to a lot, a lot of like cumbia and norteños and that kind of, of, of music style. And possibly right now my favorite band is Echiceros Band. They are, first, the, the music is great. It, it just keeps you moving and and uh, it's happy music for the most, pretty much for the most part. It's just like happy, you know, move your tushy music. And they have, you know, okay, listen, okay, just bear with me a minute, people who don't speak Spanish and who aren't into this kind of music, just you know, check it out. You might, you might enjoy it. Like, literally, none of us are stopping you. Not uh, you. Not the <laughs> listening. Not the listeners. They can't. They, Carla, they can't stop you. Don't skip forward. Just listen and maybe check it out because it's really so much fun. Um, there's one that's possibly my favorite. And that one, it's just those two words over and over again, really, really fast. And it sounds really boring, but it's not. It's amazing. And you're going to come away thinking, how the hell did they do that? And I'm here to tell you, friend, I don't know, but it's a feat. And a feast for the ears. Yeah, I, I went there. But I'm just going to throw out um, Salvador Sobral, who is, uh, I believe he's Portuguese. And he actually won the Eurovision Song Contest in 2019. And he... Uh, just gorgeous voice and he's actually on the soundtrack to the eurovision movie which has as anybody knows is one of my favorite things to watch on the planet in no small part because i know aaron is shocked everybody here is shocked but um the song from there is beautiful and there's also um just you know check him out salvador sobral it's not that hard to look up he's great beautiful voice i'm kind of obsessed and Carla is going to have a podcast soon when I have my pod, when we grow and expand, that's just about Eurovision. So. The fire saga. Just the movie, though, not yes, actually just about the, the movie. contest. Eurovision Song Contest, the story of fire saga weekly. That's going to be the, the full title of the podcast. Whoa. Yes. I'm not editing these, by a the way. weekly podcast of just Carla talking about Eurovision. Yes, unedited, raw months. and unedited. <laughs> yes, it's going to be an hour long of each episode talking yeah. about just this one particular moment in the movie. No guests, nothing. No guests, just it's me. Just <laughs> and of course, it's unedited. Carla's not going to edit anything. I'm not going to edit it, man. And I've, I'll produce it, but I'm not editing it. So, <laughs> coming soon uh, in the year 2025. Um, <laughs> I put it out there. <laughs> So Meg, give me okay. all those music recs. Yeah, all, all of this music that I live for. Um, I'm on month 562 of listening to Encanto. Just nonstop. 
like three songs from Encanto. I finally heard we don't talk about Bruno. Oh, it's on the radio all the time. It's like a number one hit. It's amazing. I listen to the radio. Listen to the radio. The radio. The radio. Yeah, you know why? Because I can just turn the radio on and I have to look for music. I can just turn it on and then there's sound. There's just noise, and I don't care what it is. The radio is a pedestrian, but please go on. Oh my gosh! The other thing I've been listening to a lot of is seventh, thirteen-year-old practicing cello. <laughs> um, and my actual music thing I'm going to share is not so much like this is what I'm into or anything like this, and it's technically not music. It's just Carla brought up Eurovision. And we all know that Eurovision is this wonderful song contest, but now they've decided to do American song contest and it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Mm. And that's all. I have nothing to add for music. It's just, it's Snoop Dogg and Kelly Clarkson and they have singers from every state come and compete like Mm. it's Eurovision, but it's American song contest. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that's, that's there. But Meg, you have to tell them who represented Connecticut. Oh my God, Michael Bolton <laughs> was Connecticut. Like they have all of these people that you've never heard of. They're like new. They're they're people, and Michael there are Bolton. there's one person in all of Connecticut that sings, and it's Michael Bolton. And how is this fair? How is it fair that three dudes from Minnesota are going to have to compete with fucking fight? It's amazing. It's the worst thing I've ever been a part of and anyway i'm just waiting for flora to be represented by gloria stefan like that's gonna be (laughs) how that goes no it'll probably be pitbull that isn't pitbull from florida i don't know i i stayed to watch until wisconsin and then wisconsin played and then i was like all right i'm gonna go to bed (laughs) hopefully they didn't go in alphabetical order because otherwise you should have just stuck it out to the (laughs) Should have just held on for the one or two more. We're up to W. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> Who wants to hear about no, <laughs> no, you didn't want to hear the X's. They yeah. add in an X just for the fun of it. Okay, well, I love music. I'm really into Princess Goes to the Butterfly Museum, which is Michael C. Hall's band. And I am seeing them in concert this coming Thursday. I am so flipping excited. Yes. Yes. So there will be tons of pictures on social media, video, I'm sure. Tons and tons of pictures of Michael C. Hall. (laughs) And it's going to be so much fun. And they are, I've watched videos of them. They are very weird and very unique. So totally up my alley. So I'm very excited for that. Um, I'm also really into the song Once in My Life by the Decemberists. Love, love that song. I've been listening to that like on repeat so much that pretty soon I'll be sick of it. You like that song, Meg? I actually know that song. <gasps> and I know who the Decemberists are. I'm just <laughs> Everyone in my family is super into music but me, so I collect uh, information by osmosis. I see. And Encanto. Uh, and then I am also into I don't know if you know this band Meg but I'm also into the song This Night by Black Lab my husband's really into music so I do know of things but I don't know them it's very very (laughs) happy 
not. Uh, so those, those are three music things that I'm into. Okay, so now we're going to move on to podcasts. I, I know everyone's number one is it's a fandom thing. It always is. So, you know, and then I know number two are your own podcast, you know, Big Rap and Bed, Wetter, Behead, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> well, like the top three are taken care of. The top three done. <laughs> yeah, we're done with that one. So, <laughs> so Bex, other than your own podcasts, uh, yes. <laughs> What I pod- my top three be my own podcast too, <laughs> but I will not. No, I didn't. No, go there. you're not allowed. So what, are your, what podcasts are you into? You you can mention mine though. That's fine. You are good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> so what are you into? So the first one I put on here is called Films to Be Buried With. Um, it's hosted by Brett Goldstein, who is an actor on Ted Lasso, and yes, that's why I got into listening to it. But I kept listening because I really just like his approach to this. Basically, he interviews different celebrities and guests um, about different movie experiences in their life. He talks to them for a little bit and then goes, oh, you know what? I forgot to tell you, you died and you went to heaven and, you know, it's movie night in heaven and they want to know, like, what's the first movie you ever saw? This is how people want to know you. Or then he'll ask, like, uh, you know, what's a movie that made you cry? What's the scariest movie? And, And sort of telling these stories through this lens of being in the afterlife. Um, He also has one that's, what's a movie that you found sexy that you didn't think you should? (laughs) Which is is a great one. (laughs) That's awesome. Now I'm going to have to think of an answer for that. Yeah. I saw movies, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) I just have this dream of going on there because he is a huge um, Muppet person. He, he actually did like a stand, not, not stand up, but some stage show of um, uh, like Muppet Christmas Carol. Like he like reenacted it in six minutes kind of thing. And I just, I have this dream of going on and telling him how it's only the second best version of, <laughs> uh, of a Christmas Carol. So, so the next one I'm not going to really get into because it is three in one, but it's the Ted Lasso podcast. There's one, uh, one called Lasso Cast, one called Richmond Till We Die, and one called Peanut Butter and Biscuits. And I just, they all have very like slightly different approaches to looking at the episodes. Their episode recaps. They have interviews with different actors. Um, it's it's a lot of fun to to listen to. And I'm actually going to be guesting on one of them in a little bit because I'm with a few other fans we do a a monthly podcast that's more like a book club and so they invited us to be on it Um, and then the last one I put is is another combo of two it's the tripod and you can sit with us it's the try guys from YouTube and then their significant others uh, each have podcasts and um, honestly the biggest reason I like listening to those last two is I just like listening to people talk to each other, just like friends having a conversation about whatever. And I think I really gravitated towards those uh, in the early days of the pandemic. And it just sort of stuck with me because it was like, I I needed that energy, right? Like I, I definitely am an extrovert in terms of where I get my energy and just listening to other people interact with one another when I couldn't (laughs) interact with people was, really helped me get through so um 
I, I enjoy both of those podcasts as well. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know any of those podcasts. So that's good. And I'll be starting Ted Lasso soon. Carla, what are some podcasts you're into other than mine and yours and Bex's? <laughs> well, as you know, when it comes to podcasts, my podcast listening is monopolized by my child who dictates what podcast we will be listening to on this particular day or any particular day. Um, but I did manage to sneak in a podcast um, called FWF, which is like Friends with Friends. And it's about the show Friends. And it's really good. And they don't go in um, in order, which is which I really appreciate. For I, I don't know why. I just really enjoy that they don't go in episode order. Um, it's a, a, a fun way to look at the at the show and um even though it's hosted by men i still enjoy listening to it L listen not for nothing but i've come to find that i enjoy podcasts hosted by by women more because i think that by and large there is a a, a larger there is more allowance for first of all for women to exist huh that's a a start for one yeah. thing and then it's it's more it, they tend to be more inclusive i think of um other marginalized communities whereas men seem to be just really stuck and not seeing what's wrong with things being super duper white and straight so and i think i've moved on past that in my life anyway um as for the kitty podcast that i am forced to listen to day in and day out every moment of my waking existence but i still enjoy don't get me wrong uh, we're still going strong with Wow in the World. Wow in the World is can't miss. It's fantastic. The production value is through the roof. It's so funny. There, there are so many things about it that that my son and I both will quote to each other. He learns so much from this podcast that I don't even really mind that he listens to it non freaking stop. I mean, I will put in a new episode on his on his little iPod, and within a day he has memorized half of it. And I'm like, how? You 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 go to school and you sleep half the day. How is this even possible? But apparently it is. He also listens to them at double speed, so that probably helps with the absorption and everything. Um, and then a new one called Flippin' Mosey's um, How to Be an Earthling, and it's it's great. It's fairly new, and that one. Uh, they, okay, so there are two aliens and their spaceship crashed and they're waiting for a tow spaceship to fix their spaceship. And so they're stuck on Earth for like 3,000 years, which to them is apparently not big, a big deal. So they're going to go sightseeing around the Earth and talk to different um, Earthlings, which is not just humans. Like they, they talk to camels and they talk to, I forget what other creatures. Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a great, fun little show. And one of the things that I enjoy a lot about it is that each episode has unique music. So, I mean, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, it's they're geared towards kids and I'm not a kid. And, you know, I know, I know. I, I, you're only like a few years out. You're a teen like, mom, basically. Basically, you're, yeah. you're like 22. You're 22. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like, how do I have an eight-year-old? It's just bananas you know but yeah it's not really like in my my wheelhouse but it's 
tolerable enough for me as a grown up to listen to it and not want to throw his iPod out the window. <laughs> That's, That's a glowing recommendation. <laughs> I try. So, Meg, much like music, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I when I was going to the office, I listened to them a lot, but since I've been working from home, I don't listen to them nearly as much. But my husband told me about this podcast that is freaking hilarious called Dungeons and Daddies. And it's not a BDSM podcast. Like even in their logo, they're like, not a BDSM podcast. But Erin just lost all interest. I know she was excited and then boom, done. (laughs) Um, But what it is, is it's a podcast of like four modern dads dropped into like go through like a portal on their way to a soccer game and wind up in like Dungeons and Dragons world and they're on a quest (laughs) to save their kids and it's just really funny because they're like modern dads from today and each one has like a dad stereotype or whatever so it it it's just funny it's a really interesting fun take on Dungeons and Dragons which is something that I am into but there's no hey what kind of games are you into I could talk about D&D but not music <laughs> um, but that is one that I've been listening to it's just really funny and it's it's lighthearted. there is like and they get they get like advantages or they hurt each other with dad jokes so if one of them makes a dad jokes all the rest have to roll for psychic damage and the person who tells it gets inspiration for later on in the game and one of them is like they're locked in prison and they find these gold runes that say like on a brick that say i'm hungry or these purple runes and they say i'm hungry and one of the players is like hi hungry i'm dad and the dm is like you've unlocked it you found yourself like it's just (laughs) it's just like everything i love in my life dad jokes D D and just ridiculousness and just people who are having a really really good time and aren't ashamed of having so much fun doing something really really silly and i have to tell my husband about that one. Oh, he would love it that sounds amazing it's so funny <laughs> my husband will not shut up about it also <laughs> Uh, I actually do have a BDSM podcast, honestly. To and it's also called Dungeons and Daddies. <laughs> what a coincidence. But with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's called the Kinky Tavern, and it's very NSFW. could be very triggering. They know what they are talking about. They are in the scene. It's very, so if you are not into that stuff or if that stuff triggers you, or if you're, you know, that, that it might squeak you out a little bit, it might ick you out a little bit. It might be a little bit too hard to listen to. But if you are into that stuff, if you're curious about that stuff, if you want to hear the reality and not what you see on TV and movies 99.9999% of the time, then definitely tune into this one and they are also doing special episodes where they're going and they're taking deep dives into movies that have talked about BDSM and basically you'll learn 
every movie pretty much <laughs> is wrong. So, I mean, there are some correct aspects, but, you know, I mean, some stuff has to be shortened for time. But, yeah, they talk about how it's not all about sex either. I think people misunderstand that. And it's not all about being kinky and weird and stuff. And it's a lot about consent, really, if you're truly doing it. It's all about getting off on consent, honestly. <laughs> so uh, so they talk a lot about that. It's really it's really good. It's hosted by Miss Dizzy and Pup Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. So uh, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. And then the other one I want to recommend is uh, one called White People Won't Save You. And it's these two guys take a deep dive into white savior movies. <laughs> so it's really awesome. Highly recommend it. Lots of, you know, like Driving Miss Daisy, The Blind Side, of course, uh, The Help. And usually it takes about two episodes for them to cover one movie. But it's really, really good. And it's hosted by Jordan Clark and Cameron Mason. So I recommend that one. Um, and then Keep It is one that I've listened to for years, but I kind of had replaced it with other ones. And now I'm back on it. Keep It is just very entertaining um, it's the most successful of the ones I'm mentioning as far as the most well-known ones. Uh, it's part of Pod Save America's blanket run. I can't, I think that's the name of their whole thing, but it's, it's like their entertainment branch and it's like Ira Madison hosts it and stuff. And it's, it's so funny and it's great pop. It's a great pop culture podcast as well. And they usually have great guests on. So highly recommend that one too. Okay, so now we're going to get into books and fanfic. So you can recommend either books or fanfic or a combination. So, Bex, what are you into in this one? One book that I just finished listening to, and I do a lot of listening to books. I actually, I almost always have three books going at a time. One is an audio book, one is a go-to-bed book, and one is, like, usually school-related. But um, this one was an audio book, and it's called Laziness Does Not Exist by uh, Devin Price. And basically, it's a book that looks at this, the concept of the laziness lie is what they call it. Um, and basically, the laziness lie tells us that, um, that we're not working hard enough, we're not learning enough, we're not doing enough out in the world, and that we're failures if we don't achieve X, Y, and Z. And this book goes into all the reasons why that's wrong and unhealthy and and a very damaging uh, perspective to have on the world. And every once in a while, there's just some moment that hits you and goes, oh yeah, that was, that's me. <laughs> that, you know, not everything, every chapter applies to everyone, but um, there's there's a lot of elements of just like oh well you always have to you always have to be working and if you're not working or doing something then you're not being productive so you're like a bad member of society and so on and and it just really tears all of that apart so highly recommend that uh for for anyone uh and the author is non-binary i believe queer anyway they identify throughout the book and so a lot of the people they interview go beyond just sort of you know like your typical cis white interviewees which i also appreciate next up is uh, i've been really into comics lately which is interesting because i never was growing up um, this is a very recent development 
and one that I really, really liked was called Reptile. And basically, Reptile is this kid who his parents died because, you know, that's what happens when you're a superhero. Uh, but his superpower is turning into different kinds of dinosaurs, depending on, like, what the need is. And it's just, it's really cool. It's um, a Latinx kid. I think he's Mexican-American. He lives with his grandfather. They move in with his aunt and his cousins. So there's really where a lot of superhero stories have that sort of I'm on your I'm on my own and like no one understands me and no one knows my secret. Like he he has a community. He has a family. And it's really about them coming together when they are able to beat the bad guy. So um, that's by Terry Bloss. And the last one uh, was a novel that I recently read uh, called Velvet Was the Night. And it's by Silvia Moreno Garcia. And she's the author of Mexican Gothic, which was a big book last year. Uh, it's kind of a noir mystery-esque thing that takes place in 1970s Mexico. And it's very much centered around the student protests that were happening at that time. So they make references back to Tlatelolco and the massacre there. But this is taking place a couple years later. And so it goes back and forth between the perspectives of two characters uh, as they're sort of unraveling this mystery of this woman who has disappeared uh really really good i i enjoyed that one quite a bit awesome thank you so all I over can't... the place there for you sorry no no that's awesome i prefer i like that one it's you know a nice mix a little bit of everything mm -hmm. yeah and carla well my family and i started a book club and we finally, we started way back in the beginning of the year. We finally all finished reading the same book. And in fact, we were just talking about it before we started recording this episode. So I'm fresh off of this particular book. It's called My Year of Rest and Relaxation by um, Otessa Moshfeg. It's, I will say, okay, the book starts off really slowly, but if you stick with it, it's worth um, the payoff. It's a first-person narrative, and there's not a lot of dialogue in it, but the the writing is really good, and it ends up really sucking you in. It's set in, like, 99, 2000, like, right around there is when it starts. It's, oh my gosh, there's just, there are so many layers to it. It's, uh, like I said, it, it's a slow start, but I really think if you if you stick with it it's very much very much a worthwhile book to finish reading there are just you know trigger warnings for um suicidal ideation and and suicide and depression but we you know we just finished discussing it and i was still like not done with all of the points that i wanted to make about it when i when i was like okay i gotta go i gotta go but that's just surprising one because i just like to talk about stuff then I've been rereading two books. I've been rereading the um, Neo Chronicles Nexus by my friend Dean White the Second. It's such a good book. It really, it's a um, uh, like it, it's a superhero teen book. That these are primarily high schoolers. With each of them have a special gift that they, you know, they're trying to develop, and they have like all of these 
high school situations, but just absolutely magnified because of these gifts. And it, it's, oh, and he has a vision and it's very, it comes across very clearly that he has this overarching vision that, that even extends beyond this one book. Um, you should listen to the interview that Aaron did with him about the book a little bit earlier this year, because he's so passionate about it and he's been working on this particular book he's been work, working on for 10 years and the universe that he created for it is stellar it is so good like you really feel like you're like you're in it and the the chapters and this is something that i don't usually enjoy is when the chapters shift from one character to another but it really works here and it, it's just a magnificent book and i think that um that you should give it a shot. I, I think right now it's uh, available on, on Amazon, mm-hmm. only on Amazon, but it's available on, on Kindle and in paperback format. And, you know, like I said, I'm rereading it and I usually don't have time to read books, let alone reread them. So, you know, this is just me telling you it's it's a damn good book. Yeah, and uh, with the, the switching the chapters, I also, I want to add, each chapter is written in the voice like it written in a different kind of style so it's like one characters will be written in the way that they might speak and the whole chapter will be written like that and it was really really interesting because i've never read a book that did that before and we talked about that on the interview that he got a lot of pushback about that i know but yeah but yeah it's very interesting because that's how you know immediately which character it is too but, it, but that's part of why it's so unique and so yeah. good and why it sucks you in so much is because it's uh, it's in your move in your mind it plays out like a movie where these characters are so are drawn so uh, completely down to the the way that they speak is different for each chapter and character mm-hmm. it's 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 a feat and I'm so glad that that he stuck with that because um, I, I just can't imagine it being told otherwise yeah and next up will be television universe for for it is what we're putting out in the universe for that because i know he really wants he's mentioned that yes oh and he deserves it he's so talented and he he's he's been working for for this so hard Mm -hmm. oh my gosh and he's a good person (laughs) i love him i love him so much he's so sweet and he's very supportive of people and their endeavors as well so yeah so yes shout out to you if you if you end up listening to this so we love you meg what are you into oh god it's gonna be so like there's gonna be a theme you notice and it's not nearly as anything like that um i am going through a major renovation of my house right now so i'm full of stress so i'm not trying to think too hard about stuff if i'm being perfectly honest so my Things I'm into right now are very fluffy. My favorite half night stand is a re- by uh, Christina Lauren is a really cute, just kind of friends to lovers about a girl and who's like one of the guys and her and all of her like four guy friends are all like forever single. And then they always go to this work event together as like this crew, but then it becomes a black tie event. So they all make a pact to find dates like to go online dating and that same night, she ends up hooking up with one of her friends. But they decide best to keep it platonic. 
and she's having no luck in the dating and online dating. She's just getting dick pics. So she makes up a fake profile to be somebody else. And then she winds up accidentally catfishing the same friend. And it's, it's a really fun, quick read. It's very light. Um, and exactly kind of what I've been looking for. Um, another one I read recently, this, this is all such a theme. <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, Jesus. Another one is called Accidental. They're all smut, you guys. I'm sorry. They're all smut. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but another one is Accidental Tryst, which is where, like, this, like, hippie chick, of course, like, it's two for, from two different perspectives, and the hippie chick and this really high-powered business guy or whatever accidentally switch phones at the airport. And there's a lot of, like, stretching you have to do to believe that they wouldn't just go to the store to switch to get a new phone but they she works it out and then they like one looks like a serial dater the other one looks like a crazy person and then they wind up just texting each other and and you know hooking up and stuff like that it's i'm such a dork and i also finally after forgetting what it was and then losing my mind finally started reading the bare knuckle bastards um series which are uh which have been were recommended to me on our regency podcast episode and they're just regency romance because i'm a sucker for that and i mean that's enemies to lovers forced like it's the usual stuff and i just <laughs> it's just what i need these days have, have you read the charm initiative then I have not. Ooh, let me hang on. I'm going to write it down because what happens is you guys keep giving me recs and I forget to write them down and then <laughs> I lose them forever. I'm listening to that one right now and I'm sorry if this was not a like a Dean Cass fanfic at some point. Like I find this hard to believe. It's that it's that level of like idiot boys in love kind of. Yes. Thing. I have found myself <laughs> reading so many things and being like, are we sure this wasn't already a fanfic? Um, mm -hmm. But that's because I'm garbage. Yeah, it's called um, Charm, the Charm Initiative. It's really good. And I'm, I wrote it down. I'm excited. And I'm really excited. I haven't started reading them yet to read All the Feels and Teach Me by Olivia Dade. She wrote Spoiler Alert, which I just is super sexy and super fun. Carla and I were on uh, Absent Headstrong Girls podcast talking about that. And boy, uh, Husband Material which is a sequel to Boyfriend Material, which I'm ready for. The books that I read are all for the podcast, for interviews. As you know, I interview a lot of writers, which has been awesome because then I've been reading and I hadn't really been reading much before then. So that, that's been great because I used to be a voracious reader. When I was younger, I would wake up early so I could read for an hour before I went to school when I was in elementary school. <laughs> I was... Yeah, I, I, we were we were very cool, popular, hip kids. So <laughs> that's what Who I. Who needs say. friends when we have books? Guys, <laughs> right? Yeah. Who are my friends? Exactly. Yes, um, but the two I'm going to recommend are very heavy, especially one of them. But I think for the times we're in right now, I think they're very important. One is a little bit lighter. It's got a little bit more of a thriller, esp not espionage, but kind of in that kind of realm. Um, so I'll, rec I'll talk about that one first, and that's the Bucharest Dossier, and that's by William Maas, 
who is an immigrant as well. So he wrote this about someone from Bucharest who had immigrated here when he was 10 years old. His family came here, left there, and was also in a, I'm talking about the character in the story, not him, um, but, and was also in a, um, oh my gosh, was also a refugee for a little bit too. So and what this is about is about the main character who has been working for the CIA, his professor who recruited him from the, to the CIA in Harvard is murdered. And so he's going to Bucharest to solve that, but also to, he's also searching for his long lost love, this woman that, this girl that he loved when he was a little kid and looking for her and trying to find out what happened to her because she kind of dropped out of the radar so this is right at 1989 and a lot of this is about communism and about how you know people didn't really talk didn't know a lot about the what was going on there and what was going on um when they were trying you know with the government and with trying to overthrow a fascist and stuff like that and also you know it's a lot talking about you know as he said people in america do not understand what it is like to live under that kind of power and how easy it is for that to happen. And it's a lot of talking about how, you know, everything like he, his, the main character goes to the airport and he has to have Kent cigarettes because he has to use them as bribery material just to walk through the airport. Everything is on bribes. And, you know, also there's like, you know, I'll give you this for that, you know, bartering with each other and that kind of stuff too. And that's just reality of the way it was. So that was another reason he wanted to write this is hoping that American audiences would read this and understand, you know, that this is what the reality of something like that looks like and that it's not that too, it's not that hard to imagine it happening because it's happening again and stuff. And speaking of that, um, the other one is Sins of the Fathers, which is about Hitler and it's about World War II, right before World War II started, the lead up to it. And this is an amazing, amazing book, super duper, duper heavy and depressing because what I appreciate so much about this book is Hitler is written in a way I don't think you've ever, ever, ever seen him written. And that's as a human being. And I think the problem is, and the reason that people don't like it when people say, oh, this is so Hitler, that this person is like someone who'd be like Hitler. They're like, no, Hitler was just this once in a lifetime, like just evil madman. And no, he was a human being that actually a lot of people liked Hitler and he was supposedly really kind and he actually was really charming and really like a lot that's been written about him is not factual. And so what's good about this book is you see that, you know, he was atrocious and did horrible and evil, awful things. But because he had that side to him, all these people loved Hitler and had in that's how this happens is you see these first little steps of, you know, OK, well, I know that you're, you know, struggling right now or you're feeling impoverished or you're well, we're going to blame this group of people. And if we keep blaming this group and we keep saying, you know, this and making them the other, quote unquote, other. And if you're already susceptible to that or if you already are racist or if you're already that, that that's how you can start movements like that and how fascism and how people that are dictators and people that cause mm -hmm. Holocaust and cause mass murder 
come into play. And Hitler actually, you know, even though he was 100% responsible for all the murders during the Holocaust, another thing that he did is he didn't sign anything. There was only one thing that he ever really, that his official signature is on. And that's a way for him to look like, I didn't have anything to do with this. What are you talking about? I didn't have anything to do with this. Yeah. When he did. Well, I think that what people rebel against is it's so scary to think that he's a, a person, like a guy, and that anybody yeah. can can do that. He's not like this big, bad, scary, evil thing. So I get why people... Mm-hmm. He, you know, we talked about me and Herb Stern, who's one of the authors, his co-author Alan Winter, unfortunately couldn't be on. But one thing we talked about is, you know, how it starts with small things. And he said it starts with small things when you don't let someone into a club because of their religion, you know, because of their sexual orientation, because of those those little things that you think don't mean anything. That's the first steps. Any kind of little thing like yeah. that are first steps to you don't get those first steps like he said you don't get those first steps i mean you don't get the holocaust without those first steps oh and very important because you know you know he's what he said also is putin is totally taking a page out of hitler's notebook that was a fantastic interview aaron i like i really appreciated that one even having not read the book just listening to that that dynamic so if all y'all are listening and you missed that episode for some reason go back and check it out it was really good thank you i'm i'm proud of all my interviews but it, it's always an honor to sit down with people that are like that i feel are wiser than me or have researched things to this extent that i haven't and where i can learn something and i learned a lot from that interview and from that book so yes yeah, so i do i do recommend that a lot and and there are some pretty strong female characters in that book i want to say that are all for the most part based on real people um, or uh, were real people. And he also has people that worked like women who ran brothels and worked in brothels and they're never talked down to like they were, you know, pieces of meat. So I also really appreciated that as well. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so we've only got two more categories to go. Yes. <laughs> so Bex. What television shows are you into right now? All right. So I've got two words for you. Gay pirates. <laughs> I just started watching this today and I'm already like four episodes in. Um, it's called uh, Our Flag Means Death. And uh, it's Taika Waititi uh, as Blackbeard and Reese Darby as, was it Steed Bonnet? <laughs> Uh, or the gentleman pirate as he's called and it's just it's you know it's absurd it's definitely like the angle of the approach they take is a bit odd but I, I think the the representation in there is really great um, you've got like a non-binary actor playing uh, a woman who's like in disguise as a, a mute man with a beard and you know like characters like that you have 
I don't know. I like I said, I'm only about four episodes in, and I think there's ten episodes, but I'm absolutely loving it. So I want other people to talk to about this show. So if you haven't seen it, I mean, come on, gay pirates. <laughs> Let's go. Meg and Carla were super excited during that. <laughs> I'm so ready. I, I haven't been able to watch because it, it was Bridgerton Day, but I'm so ready. <laughs> yes, I since I heard about it I, from a couple of people, actually, I was like, sign me right up. <laughs> exactly. Another one we're watching, uh, my husband and I are watching this one together, is called Kotaro Lives Alone. And this is an anime. Uh, it's about a young kid who moves into an apartment complex. It's like... It's basically like a two stories of apartments where there's three apartments on each level kind of thing. Um, and he's just a kid who moves into an apartment on his own and he like befriends the neighbors and they're like, wait, you're a kid who lives alone. What's happening? It's just, it's really pure, very enjoyable. And um, probably the first actual anime anime that I have sat down to watch. <laughs> then the third one I'm going to say is... Abbott Elementary with uh, Quinta Brunson and uh, Tyler James Williams and their teachers in this public elementary school in Philadelphia. And this is where I said I was going to bring up The Office because I don't really like mockumentary style shows. But this show is just, I, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm really into these pure shows lately, <laughs> like these, these heartwarming shows. And it, it just is. It's so... It's so refreshing. And having been, I mean, I wasn't an elementary school teacher because praise to those people, kudos. And I could teach high school and above. That's that's where I draw the line. But little kids, uh-uh. <laughs> They're scary. Um, but that having been a public school teacher, not in Philadelphia, but just like in general, you can relate to a lot of these things and the dynamic. Obviously, some of it's over the top, like teachers don't really do X, Y, and Z, but, um, but there's definitely a lot of relatable stuff. And I would have said Ted Lasso, but we're going to do a whole episode on that <laughs> at the end of April. So, or May, whatever. May that will be when it'll be May, released. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'll leave that one off. But those those are my other three that I, I've really been into lately. Awesome. And Carla. I'm glad you asked. I have <laughs> you asked me specifically and nobody else. <laughs> Listen, okay. It's she just happens week. to have a list. I do happen to have a list. It's quite long, but I will keep it to three as per my contract, which is not a real contract. I just like saying that because I should make sense. a contract. Yep, that's going to happen now. <laughs> um, I hate to tell you this, but probably like some people will take some liberties with the contract. <clears throat> Me. <laughs> so <laughs> the first show that I'm going to mention is what we do in the shadows, which was recommended to me by Meg. And um, my sister also recommended it at some point, and I forgot about it until I was talking to her about it. this great show that I've been watching. She's like, I told you about that show. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm watching it now, though. Um, it's about vampires, okay? It's a vampire show, but it's a comedy, which is the only reason that Meg would watch it in the first place. <laughs> I like vampires. No, you're right. You're right. Yes, yeah, she's yeah. going to be on our vampires and sexuality episode later this year. Yes, I have forgotten that, that vampires are your, like, um, 
what's it called? Your they're my freebie. Your they're your freebie. <laughs> my freebie. My horror freebie. <laughs> horror freebie. Yes, because they're oh. usually pretty sexy. That's why they're less scary <laughs> when they're hot. <laughs> yes, I guess that must be true. But it's uh, and they're all you know from from Europe, so they have these amazing European accents. But they're they're all very old. And they apparently don't get out much and don't watch much TV or read anything on the internet. So they are just so clueless about the world around them. And they have a familiar name, Guillermo. And he is the glue that keeps everything running. Because without him, they would just explode in their coffins. I don't know. They they, they went without him for like a week. And there were bodies everywhere and puddles of blood. It was awful. It's great. It's hilarious. Like I'm sitting here um, watching it throughout the day and just cracking up so hard. And my husband hasn't watched it, so he has no idea what I'm talking about. It's very upsetting, but it, it's so much fun. Uh, I recently, as in earlier this week, finished watching Ted Lasso. And I'm the, like, aside from Meg, I'm the last person to, to well, and Aaron. I'm but I'm going to be watching it soon. And Marty. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay, so there are four people. I get it. I get it. I last. Okay, I get it. Thank you. But I did recently finish it, and it's such a good show. I really enjoyed it. There are some characters that that I, I think I love, like pretty much all of the the characters. I did have an issue with the handling of one of the characters towards the end of this past season, Nate. And I read a really excellent article about that, which I tweeted. And I mean, like, I finished watching the season and I was like, oh, I don't know about how they handle this. And I read about it and I was like, okay, it hits all the points that my, my mind was kind of um, struggling with. But even with that, it's still an excellent show. The casting is fantastic. The writing and the acting are very tight. The, the cast gels really well. And um, they also tackle, you know, it, it's a it's a comedy. It's hilarious. You're gonna laugh nonstop. But it also has some really really great insight into mental health and into dealing publicly with with mental health um, issues. There's another character that, okay, whatever. I'm not gonna get into that because I have another thing about another character that I was like, I don't know that I like the handling of this, but you know. This is not the Ted Lasso episode, and I'm not on the Ted Lasso episode, so I would just bombard you about this in the comments instead when you're doing the Ted Lasso episode. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> that that episode like filled up in two seconds flat, and we have two people who are on there already that want to. I'm one of all. them. Oh, then we I have three. Oh, three. I think we have three. Maybe you're gonna have two. to do like six Ted Lasso episodes. <laughs> It's if you like car, if you like Carla on there, you're gonna have to do like six. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think Aaron's gonna just like close me out of that one. Like suddenly, um, somebody drops out and it's like, oh no, Carla's name got deleted. And then the last show that I'll mention is Bust Down on HBO Max. It is so funny. It is so good. Um, I watched it on a whim, um, because it was I had run out of TV and it was right there. It's a great show about the the staff working in a casino and like oh, it takes a lot of topics that shouldn't be funny and makes them really really funny 
it's a very black show. And I think that if you um, come into it with, basically, if you're white, you might have trouble following it. That's what I'm getting at. I, I, I was trying to like think of a different way to say that, but you know what? Frankly, if you're white, you might not you you might have trouble keeping up. And also, there are some things that are very specific to black culture, and that are very very, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's hilarious. It's great. I, I think it's a show that, that a lot of people should be watching if they haven't already checked it out. I, this is one of the ones that I told my sister, hey, you should check the show out. And she's like, I already watched it. I was going to recommend it to you. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's fine too. <laughs> um, and also uh, somebody that she went to college with is the casting director. So just throwing that out there because I think that's a pretty cool thing. I'm like 89 degrees from from Kevin Bacon now down from 132. No, you're actually Literally really everybody is six Bacon. degrees from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> you're Everyone. only a few degrees. I, I have a connection to Natalie Portman. So oh. I have a connection to a lot of people. Bust Down is awesome. It's hilarious. It's on HBO Max. You should totally, totally watch it. The, the season finale is just fantastic. It's a delight. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. And I've got to go back and finish what we do in the shadows because I started it and then all this podcast prep took over because it is totally my thing. And and it made me think some year, sometime we're going to have to do a vampire month. Maybe we'll do that next year. And Meg will be on those. <laughs> all of them. I'll be all, of, all them. of them except the scary ones. Except this, <laughs> so when we talk about Fright Night, you won't be on Fright Night. I won't, I won't be on Fright Night. I'll talk about Buffy Not even the and Colin I'll talk Farrell about True Blood one. and I'll talk about what we do in the show. Not even I'll the take, Colin Farrell I'll take the funny vampires and the sexy vampires. You guys Colin, Farrell? Colin Farrell is a vampire sexy as hell. But he's scary. But he's <laughs> sexy as hell. <laughs> Um, January will, will be the, the Carla as co-host month, and then whatever month is a vampire month will be Meg as most February for Valentine's. <laughs> yes, nothing says Valentine's like vampire episodes. Um, yeah, this is the portion where I am made a liar of my own words about not having time for stuff. Okay, so I already mentioned it's Bridgerton Day today, and I'm not going to say anything about it, except I really, really love season two. I don't like, I get people bitching that there's not as much sex in Bridgerton season two as there was in season one, um, but it's still super sexy and it's amazing. And I'm still firmly in love with uh, Anthony Bridgerton and that will never change. But also, Carla actually started me watching a show called Ghosts on HBO Max. And it is, this is see. If you want me to watch spoopy stuff, you have to make it really, really funny and not scary at all. Because this is just, it's so, it's hilarious. So there's a group of ghosts haunting this house and they're just the most, they're just ridiculous. They're from all different eras. They're from like Neanderthal all the way to like the 90s. And they're all stuck in this house. And then this this couple inherits the house after the, the last lady dies, like a distant relative. And they inherit the house and they want to turn it into a hotel. And the ghosts don't want them there. And the woman, Allison, uh, get, falls out a window, dies very briefly and comes back to life. So then she can see and hear these ghosts, but she's the only one. 
And it's just, it's hilarious and it's sweet and it's just, it's really fun. It's on HBO Max. There's three seasons. I'm in season two right now and it's just, I love it so much. It's, and Carla recommended it to me because, like I said, I've been really stressed. And so reading like very fluffy books and she's like, you need to watch this show because this is what you need. And she was right. I love it so much. It's so funny. Like, and this is like right when I was like, you should watch what we do in the shadows. And she's like, you should watch Ghost. And now Carla and I are just out of context texting each other random shit that makes no sense. Our DMs are delightful mess. They're like three words of just yelling about whatever whatever is happening in the show. And it's fantastic. Also, Upload Season 2 came out. And I watched all, I did watch all of Bridgerton, by the way. It came out today and I watched all of it. I, um, I watched all of Upload Season 2 and it came out on March 11th. This is why I don't have time for anything else, apparently. Um, it's so good, but the trouble with binging stuff like this is I'm like, okay, I've waited a year. Now it's done. Now I get to wait another year. But it, Upload is on Amazon Prime and it's about an alternate very near future where rather than dying, you can be uploaded into a virtual reality. Your consciousness can be uploaded into a virtual reality. And the main character is this guy who's kind of a D bag in real life and who's dating a woman. And he's kind of ready to break up with her, but she's fully into this relationship. And then he gets uploaded, but he's on her account. <laughs> so she basically owns him. And, and he winds up getting a little crush on his angel who works for the company that is providing this virtual reality. And there's a lot of really interesting conversations to be had drawn from that show. And it's just, it's amazing. And it's, and it's really funny. And then um, Outlander came out and that's really exciting. I'm not going to talk too much about it because it it's just... I think episode two of the most recent season is on there. And then always perpetually the cleaning lady. I'm going to make Aaron watch the cleaning lady. It's only 10 episodes. You have plenty of time, right? Plenty of time with my eight. (laughs) There's only 10 episodes. No, there's actually eight. Then I've got to finish nine one one. And then there's also, I've got to rewatch ratchet and then I've got to re and I've got to rewatch season three and four of American Horror Story. I can fit it in very easily. Just just right in there. It's real quick. It's only 10 episodes. Just I watch I rewatch it within a few days. It's great. Um but yeah, I don't know. I have lots. This is my pared down list, so you're welcome. This is like I said where I say I don't have time. I apparently am just a liar. I just have different priorities. <laughs> Most of the shows I'm watching, of course, are for podcast prep, but I'm not going to mention those. I And I apologize because these are all, well, one isn't, one is really trashy, but these are all pretty much very heavy and like, so I'm sorry. Uh, the first one will be the Tinder Swindler, which I'm sure everybody's heard of the Tinder Swindler on Netflix. This, this is the most bizarre show. It's like, oh my God, this guy. Oh my gosh. And this guy is free out there living his life. Yes, he's he trash. is not free. He costs several thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> he is 
free. <laughs> but it, this, I mean, it's infuriating because nothing has happened to him. And he's out there giving his side and all this crap. He's such a piece of shit. So it's not like, I mean, it's light, but it's also really pisses you off. So everyone, I think, already knows about that. Um, I briefly mentioned this also on our Oscar episode, but I'm going to bring it up again. Um, the documentary, it's a two-parter on HBO Max called Phoenix Rising. It's all about Evan Rachel Wood and the disgusting, inhuman, horrible, awful scum of the earth known as Marilyn Manson, who is one of the worst human beings to ever be born. Now, that's all I'm going to say. If you watch this and you don't believe her and all his other victims, and you still think he is a good person and you take his side, I can't. I just can't. Because the cruelty that he put her through and a bunch of other women through uh, he put one of one of his male assistants, who was one of the few men in his inner circle to actually come forward through, I mean, all this, I mean, just horrendous. So it's very triggering if you've ever been in any kind of abusive situation, any kind of sexual assault, any kind of sexual harassment, anything like that. It'll be triggering for you when they have warnings. It's very heavy. I ha still have not finished the second part because it's so flipping heavy, but I think it's very important. And I think it's very important to look at the way that the music industry coddles people like this who are complete evil monsters. They're just monsters and uh, they're human, but they're very do monstrous acts. And the way also, of course, with white men and how forgiving all these fans and how his fans are like, they describe him like a, a almost cult like. And the threats they have gone out there and the way they are talking about Evan Rachel Wood is despicable. So it took a lot of bravery and a lot of guts to come forward with what she was put through. So I, I recommend that. But like I said, heed the warnings. Um, and then total trash. But I decided to give that show Love is Blind a, a shot. <laughs> I love it. It's so Bad. I don't even care. It's, it's awful. Delicious. It is so awful. I did not see this coming, and I am so here for this. I'm so excited. <laughs> I did not expect those words to come out of your mouth. And I clearly, this is not alive or anything, but I just nearly melted out of my chair out of excitement because, Aaron, we're going to talk because no one else will talk to me about this goddamn show. It's so bad. But it's, it's so, so bad. It's so bad. It's, it's so, so delicious. Bad. It's so I have my life together. I'm so grateful when I watch these people. And that is true. Like I used to watch Rock of Love. You know, I've actually watched Rock of Love more than once. And I love Rock of Love so dang much. And part of the reason is I'm like, see, my life is not that bad. <laughs> I can't wait for you to start your journey on Married at First Sight. <laughs> I tried that one. I tried that one during the initial stages of lockdown or something. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this one. Oh, I had I had to give it up. They went from their integrity slowly. <laughs> Someday we'll have to talk about reality shows. I had that on the schedule like our first year or something and I took it off. But someday we'll have to talk about them because I think it's, it's just a fad. 
I remember it's thinking that. I remember thinking that when when yeah, they first started and being like, it's just a phase, right? Like no one yeah. wants to watch this. I was wrong. I was yeah. incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I wanted to end on a lighter side since I was recommending some heavy things. <laughs> so Okay, now we're going to talk about movies, our final category. It's the final category. Uh, <laughs> you know I, what, what I always sing to, to Fergie when I take her for final, final potty time, you know, of the evening, I say, it's the final potty time, pee time. <laughs> and she looks at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> The things we do for our animals. <laughs> well, I think I do it more for myself with that one because she's not amused or anything. <laughs> it's the final pee time. So, so Bex. Movies. Right. Movies, yes. Well, I finally got to see Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> um, I know it's probably the last person on Earth to see no, that. I movie. haven't seen it. But, um... The plan was we were supposed to see it at Christmas with my family. We have a tradition the day after Christmas. My dad and my brothers and all that, we go out and see a movie. And so we had planned to see this movie as part of it. And then my husband got COVID and we didn't travel. And so we never got around to seeing it. And I was like, wait, let's see if it's, you know, I think I was looking at the movie theater for something else. And then um, I saw it was still playing. I'm like, oh, we should go. So, uh, you know, I had all the spoilers. I knew them by then which is unfortunate uh but uh, i won't give them because you know if anybody does want to see it uh, and has managed to avoid it that's awesome but uh i still i still loved it and there was one one little shout out in there he, he as a character was not there but there's definitely a reference to there's got to be a black spider-man out there somewhere and i was like ah oh, miles Miles Morales, why are you not in this film? But we're getting two new Spider-Verse films, and I am so excited for that. I'm so excited. I love <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. I'm actually recording a podcast episode on Miles Morales on Monday for my Latinx Visions podcast, and I'm very excited about it. We're talking about the comic, the movie, the graphic novel, and the video game. We're just, like, going all into the art of Spider-Man. So, um very very excited for that uh and then the last two that i picked have a connection so the first one is free man my parents got us the dvd of that for christmas or the blu-ray wait free guy or free man uh no free guy free guy okay thank you sorry <laughs> i don't know why i said free man free guy free man is a more in-depth exploration <laughs> it's more existential and darker in tone Free guy is a lighthearted good time. Yes, you know how there's a porno version of everything? There's also a mobile core version of everything. <laughs> rule this is actually rule 37. Not this is rule actually 34. a mumble core version yes, of yes, Everett. Yes. Free guy. That's what I meant. <laughs> I I really liked it. Like I thought it I wasn't sure going into it if it was gonna just be over the top or or what, but it really had a fun spin on things and having watched the show mythic quest where they go into like developing video games and such the the whole idea of these these two people creating this game um you know and basically this guy he's in a video game and he's just like a bank teller and every day he has to 
it's not a spoiler, Meg. It's not. It's part of the main premise. Um, you know, he goes into a bank every day and like people are playing this video game and it's like a shooting game. And so they're just like, oh, another bank robbery. Okay, gotta like lay here and bullets are flying over our heads. But um little by little DC. little by little more starts to to happen with uh with him in the that world. And the second one, the connection here is Ryan Reynolds because the I was just the- gonna ask you, does he chop wood in either one of these? <laughs> I don't think he does. I don't think I don't know no. the reference. I'm sorry. No wonder I haven't seen this movie yet. The other one is the Adam Project, um, which was really cute. It's a time travel movie where he comes back um, into the year 2022 and meets his 12 year old self, and they have to do some things to to change the world and save the world and save the future. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, Ryan Reynolds is like, I think he, he deserves a little more credit than he gets in terms of his acting abilities sometimes. So I, I've have a recent appreciation for him. I mean, I always liked him in Deadpool, but, uh, you know, like taking it beyond that, I think he, he can do a lot of different things. So. He's a fantastic actor. I don't think people realize what a great actor he is. And his online relationship with his wife is hysterical. Like, they have the funniest rapport online. So, I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's yeah. Watch the movie Buried. Have you ever seen, anyone ever seen Buried? Where he's buried alive and it's basically just him the whole movie. It's really good. It's totally Meg's cup of tea. Does he get naked? No, unfortunately, no, not. But but in but in the remake of Amityville, he chops some wood and he looks pretty damn good chopping some wood. (laughs) I mean, I watch for that. That's that's I feel like the first thing I saw Ryan Reynolds in is Murder by Numbers. Murder by Numbers. He was not Murder by by Numbers. That's you're thinking of Ryan Gosling. That's right. Oh, I am. all the time and i'm like they look the same and my husband's like they don't look they anything. don't look no, the same they don't, they don't look anything alike They're and i extreme. normally would not make this grievous transgression but i woke up at 3 30 this morning no, i <laughs> always do and I also do. also i've had a really bad time with names this week well they're both ryan's so they're both yes. really know. bad time i can't say names i can't remember them and they were both in movies with Sandra Bullock. Ryan Gosling dated Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I feel, didn't Ryan Reynolds also date Sandra Bullock? No. So, Carla, give me your movies. Well, first of all, I want to say that the first time I saw Ryan Reynolds was in Two Guys, a Girls in a Pizza Place, because I think that it's very important information that I have repeated several times <laughs> in this podcast. I and- saw him in Sinbad's Shazam. <laughs> that movie does not exist. <laughs> error. This the first time I saw Ryan Reynolds. He was a child actor in Shazam, which doesn't exist. Remember? <laughs> Another thing is that I forgot to mention in the music section: Los Fabulosos Cadillacs. Great band. Check them out. Anyway, so the movie thing, right? Okay, so cracks knuckles. Here we go. Um, I'm also going to mention the Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. I, I watched it. I 
two am among the last few people on the planet who wanted to see the movie who have not seen who had not seen the movie yeah i'm talking about people again who were like desperate to see the movie meg like don't point at yourself you're not exactly desperate to see it that's the thing people always say oh i didn't see it but i'm like are you going about me (laughs) i very much wanted to see it my whole family went without me (gasps) that's right yeah I yeah, wanted well, to see it very much. I think I was, I can't remember what was going on, but I couldn't go see it. And I'll shut right. up because it's your turn and I'm going <laughs> to not interrupt. Is it because the stre- that shirt doesn't stretch enough for you to shoot yourself? It does. <gasps> so proud of you. Okay, I will so- always make room for shirting myself. <laughs> um, Spider-Man No Way Home. It's such a, it's a brilliant Closer to a trilogy, even though they're probably going to be like 30 more Spider-Man movies starring Tom Holland, because he really is a fantastic Spider-Man. And his chemistry with, with Zendaya is just amazing. And let's, let's milk it for all it's worth. You know, celebrity romances. Sometimes they don't last. Let's let's hope that, they, that these two do. Don't give me that. I'm not crushing them. Yes, exactly. As long as they're making movies, it's Bite fine. Bite your tongue. <laughs> I won't. True love. Been enough already earlier this week. Um, did you see the Mom Instinct battle? <laughs> yes, I did. Every time that that um, uh, Tom Holland dancing to Rihanna's umbrella comes on, it's it's, it's the rule joy in my entire house. Yes, it's, it's the the one rule that Twitter has, and that's six two. But more importantly, in the Spider Man movie, yes, Tom Holland's and they are fantastic people, great actors. But how does Andrew Garfield cram so much comedy and pathos into such a brief performance? Oh, just amazing. Spoilers. I know. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I can't. I don't know, Carla. I don't know how he does it because I haven't seen the movie. Well, then, Meg, I guess you should see the movie. Good night, guys. I'm going to go watch it. It's on demand now. Go watch it now. Yes. Well, <laughs> say your piece first about movies and then go watch it on demand. It's not that long. A second thing on Netflix, which I'm going to pro- probably be canceling soon because they cancel everything. So I'm going to cancel them next. Um, Long story short, it's an Australian movie. It's a fantastic premise. It's this guy who on his, uh, the day after his wedding, he wakes up and it's been a year since his wedding, but to him, it's only been like a brief nap. And uh, what happened is that a couple of days before the wedding, this lady gave him this, this uh, mysterious box and, um, it's basically like a, a curse and a gift where he skips a year after a few minutes of uh, of living his life in um, in whatever moment he wakes up in. And he sees his life kind of fall apart because he is, because he is the way he is. There are things about him that you'll get to see in the movie that, um, that will hamper his marriage and his, um, ability to connect with the people in his life. And the movie feels so much faster than it actually is. Not just because the guy skips a year, every few minutes of his life, because it's so well done. And uh, you're just so caught up in it that when it ends, you're like, how the hell did this already finish? Um, Again, it's called Long Story Short. And I think that not just because of the romance, it does have like a lovely romance in it, but it's... uh, it, it really—it's a very touching movie. I really enjoyed watching it. I—I—I I, uh, I, I can't, I can't say more without giving away 
some really amazing stuff about it but check it out again it's on it's on netflix and then i'm throwing in a comedy special also on netflix by taylor tomlinson called look at you uh she also did one previously called quarter life crisis which is also great i like her her style and i like, I like her particular voice but the thing that i that i enjoyed so much about this um special is that she you know i think some of the better comedians are the ones who can take really really heavy subjects and make them just feel like i i don't know if fun is the right word but it makes you reflect on them in in, in a way that doesn't make you feel bogged down in the subject itself and she takes on some really major stuff she takes on um her diagnosis uh of bipolar disorder she takes on her mother's death her father and she 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 manages it so deftly that it's uh really a, a, a very interesting feat the way that she that she that she does it when it comes to stand-up comedians i think that's a lot they're kind of inherently problematic because they kind of run in this pack where they think that being stand-up comics gives them license to how to put this it's the, the, the dave chappelle syndrome where they think that any topic is fair game and that oh don't be offended it's just comedy and there's um there's something really gross about that because a lot of the times they take on topics that are nothing to do with them and it ends up being just punching down. Um, what I liked about her comedy special, at least what I remember from it, I was kind of tipsy when I watched it, but I do remember liking it a lot, is that she's mostly talking about herself and things that she has experienced and, um, and lived. So that's an approach that I can really get behind because if you're, if you're talking about things that are outside of your experience and community, then maybe shut up because it's not just comedy. It's somebody's life. Yes. So Meg. Um, yeah. So I haven't actually, I don't know if you know, I've become much more, I used to be a movie person, create like all over the place, but we've gotten such amazing television that I've kind of, veered more towards that for character development and just overall story. Um, but I will say I watched a very fluffy movie called Can You Keep a Secret that came out in 2019 based on a Sophie Kinsella book that I really, really like. And it's just ridiculous and silly where this girl thinks she's about to crash on an airplane and she spews everything out to the man sitting next to her. It's just word vomits all over him all of her deepest secrets all of her confessions everything like that only the next day to find out that he is her the ceo of the company she works for and it's a it's it's adorable and it's funny and if you're looking for some lighthearted fluff you can watch on amazon prime i told carla to watch it just because it's just she forgot it's okay i tell carla to watch a lot of stuff and sometimes it sticks <laughs> um but Tomorrow I'm going to go see The Lost City. Hasn't come out yet, so I can't say anything about that. I'm really excited. But I did watch Turning Red with my kids. 
And I have a nine-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old daughter. And it's so silly to say because it's an animated movie and it's it's obviously made for kids and stuff like that. But it really, it's so good. And it helped me to remember what it's like to be a 13-year-old. To, to be in that scary space of not a kid and not an adult and your parents don't get it. Your parents don't understand you. They don't, they try their best, but they're so overbearing and they just, you as a kid don't understand why they're making these arbitrary or these horrible rules and why they won't just understand that you're a grown up now and that you can do what you want. Like it's so good. And the representation, especially for Asian and Asian American kids is so, it's so good. And it gave me a lot of, it made me like, what is going on with Disney and Pixar with making all of these like family movies that like toxic family traits, that's the villain now. And it's giving me a lot of feelings and I'm having a hard time. Like, can we just have a bad guy and not generational trauma be the bad guy? <laughs> that's honestly what I love about it. I can't wait to yeah. watch the movie. I haven't been able to, cause my husband wants to see it and we haven't been in the same space for a week, but I like, I love that, that it's not, you know, boy meets girl, villain tries to interfere stories anymore yeah There's so much more to the oh yes, yes. yeah and it and it it talks and yeah it talks about these issues this miscommunication between generations and especially for for and i'm, I'm sorry i'm spacing on her name right now because it's just my brain is kind of fuzzy because just tired but she may her name is may um, but she's a first generation American and her parents immigrated and, and the the discord between being someone who grew up in America with immigrant parents and the differences in values and culture that your parents grew up in and you're growing up in. And it's 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 a story we see a lot of and we have seen a lot of, but I feel like this is so accessible for for kids and tweens and then this idea of just being 13 and and how awful that age is and how hard it is to be that age and the conversation albeit the conversation that's been going on around this movie has been largely really stupid because the idea of having to protect 13 year olds from the concept of menstruation is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life because I was 11. So by 13, I was a freaking expert on expert on having a menstrual cycle. But it's also struck a conversation about how we view ourselves in our past and how we view ourselves as children and how we look back on our time as a teenager or a tween and how we are inherently cringing at the way that we behave when we're that age, because it's, she's, she's so ridiculous and she's so dramatic and everything is such a crazy big deal. And she's very obviously making dumb choices from our point of view as adults. But it, I just, 
I was not planning to wax poetic so much about this movie. I'm not going to lie, but it was, it was just so good. And as a parent to a 13 year old kid who is figuring out who they are and where they fit in the world. And if they even want to try and fit, um, it's something that was really helpful. And it was something that I thought was amazing for my nine-year-old to see and to understand that being big, being a big kid or being older doesn't mean that everything, like you have it all together. And I love that it also shows kids that adults don't always have it all together too. And, and their parents are just trying to figure stuff out too. And it's just, it was just really good. And I did not mean to get super emotional talking about it, but <laughs> it's, it's, I haven't watched a lot of movies, guys, but this one really did strike a chord with me a it's lot. The, it's the first Pixar film to be fully directed by a woman as well, I believe. Yes. So that's, and, and I know one of the directors on Encanto was a woman as well. So like women are telling these stories now and, and that's why we're yes. getting, like, I don't know. And, it's great. And I know... I know that Turning Red is set in Canada and Toronto, not Toledo. How dare you confuse it with Toledo is a big thing in, in, the, in the movie. Um, but I feel like the story is very universal. And I feel like it's something that is that Canada, America, or any type of things where your parents are coming from a different country and you're raised in that country and that culture, culture class, clash. Sorry. Is something that I feel like is understandable to children of immigrants. I hope. I don't know. <laughs> I can't say that I know. <laughs> this this movie has been recommended every week for a couple of weeks, so I'm sure this will end up being the new Encanto thing that I will probably never see. Sadly, does not have nearly. Uh, it doesn't have really any music. So. Yeah you're probably fairly safe because Encanto is still dominating my house. <laughs> I'm talking about other people have been recommending this like every week. So just like they did with Encanto. So, so I know I already talked about, I've talked about these three before, but I'm still going to mention them. Um, I'm going to mention the movie fresh again, which once again, this is not a romantic comedy. The first half hour is a romantic comedy and then it becomes a horror movie. So right at the half hour mark is when you get the credits. And that's when everything switches around. Um, I do want to, again, I'm not going to spoil this because I really think you should go in as spoiler free as possible. But do know this. Do not eat while you are watching this movie. Please do not eat while you're watching this movie. <laughs> you maybe eat the first half hour and then make sure that you get rid of all your food after the first half hour. Listen, I took that under advisement. My mom and I have a weekly girls' night, and we were flipping, flipping through and seeing what what we might watch. And like we were like, oh, maybe let's watch Fresh. And I was like, wait, my Aaron sense is tingling. <laughs> and I recall her saying not to eat. Well, we watch this, so no, we shall skip it because we have food. <laughs> and that was not good, a good mix. But yes, I liked Fresh a lot. I think it's a very fresh kind of 
horror film. Um, Sebastian Stan is so damn good in this movie and he's so damn fun to watch. He's an awful person, but he's really fun to watch. He has a dancing scene and the music's great in this movie too, but he has a scene where he's dancing with something and I'm not going to tell you what it is because you have to see the movie. And yes, yes. Don't look at the fresh uh, Twitter account because there is a GIF actually of this scene and uh, it's, it just, I think you shouldn't be spoiled for it because it's, it's amazing. Especially that it's like a, it's like an eighties song that he's dancing to and there's, it's, it's incredible. So I really love it. But once again, I did have my only problem with it was the best friend, Molly, who um, she does fall into a little bit of the black best friend trope thing. And it's kind of annoying, but she does have some great stuff later on in the movie. Um, so I, I, I did like her. I just, that was kind of annoying. Um, and that's on Hulu, but I do highly recommend that. And then uh, Coda, which is on Apple TV which by this time we'll know whether or not it won Best Picture because everybody was saying it was The Power of the Dog, which The Power of the Dog is called should be called The Power of the Snooze. Ugh, that movie is so damn boring. Anyway, <laughs> I do not like Jane Campion movies, but and I don't like Benedict Cumberbitch. But <laughs> even though he's good in it. I'm so sorry. You got his um, name but, way uh, too close to correct. <laughs> but CODA, of course, is it stands for Child of Deaf Adults. And it's all about the only hearing member of a family of um, the mother, father, and then a brother. And she has served as their interpreter their whole life. And now she wants to break free. She loves music. She's an amazing singer. And so it's all about that, about her struggle of her, you know, she's in high school. She's a senior in high school and her struggle of feeling this responsibility to her family and her family really relying on her and wanting to break free. And it's just a really beautiful movie. And I'm really sick of hearing the discourse around this of, oh, it's too happy and it's too feel good. <laughs> Whatever. It does, I mean, and it's not like a, it's been compared to a Hallmark movie and a Lifetime movie. And it's not like that at all. So it's just, I cried at the end of it. And also big, big important thing with this one is every single deaf character in this movie is played by a deaf actor. And that is very crucial. This is a remake of a French film. And in that film, it got criticized because in the original, they actually had like hearing actors playing the deaf characters. So they made sure in this one that every single actor that they cast was a deaf actor. And that is crucial and important. And every single movie and television show needs to do that from now on. So kudos, kudos, kudos to them. And of course, the great, wonderful Marley Matlin is in it. And all the acting is amazing and outstanding. So I it's funny. It's sweet. I highly, highly recommend it. And then I'm going to recommend a short because I keep wanting to recommend this because it came up again on Twitter. Someone was talking about it. This short called Big Boy Pants. Yes, I am rec recommending a Finn Whitrock vehicle. But this is 11. It's like 13 minutes of your time. <laughs> It's really short and it's flipping hilarious and you can watch it for free on Vimeo. So if you need a short movie to watch, to entertain you, to bring you joy and laughter, and if you need a Finn Whitrock fix, watch this one. We have, by the time this drops, we do have It's a Findom Thing merchandise up in our Redbubble store. So if you want to show how much you love Finn Whitrock, Head on over to there. So 
Yeah. And don't be afraid to buy one yourself, Finn Whitrock. <laughs> you can show the world that you love yourself. <laughs> okay. So we're going to go ahead and close out now and go around and everybody can say where they can be found and where their podcasts can be found. Bex? All right. Well, you can find me and my co-host Kim on Big Reputations Pod. Um, it's Twitter at Big Rep Pod, Instagram, and occasionally TikTok at Big Reputations Pod. Uh, I also host a podcast called Latinx Visions at Latinx Visions on both IG and Twitter. And I am a co-host on Coach Beard's Book Club that comes out monthly, which I think is at Beard's Book Club on Twitter. I don't run that account, but that's where you can find me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And Carla. Megan and I can be found at our podcast, Bedwit or Behead, which you can find in any podcast carrier that strikes your fancy. You can uh, find our Twitter at BedwetBeheadPod. Our Instagram is at bed.wet.behead.pod. Our uh, other blue media, just look for Bedwet or Behead Podcast. Um, we may or may not ever get a, a TikTok going because I think it would be a hoot. But Meg is saying no, so I'm probably just going to go ahead and do it. Do if it. If you want to <laughs> run it, then we will have a Bed Web Behead Pod TikTok. I'm just, I don't there know how to go. work. I don't it's know how to work. It's fine. It's literally fine. what I said to Kim. I was like, you want to do that? Go for it. I, I fully support you. I'll be in a video if you want me to, but you got to figure out how to make them and put them on there because I'm too old. I'll for the figure TikTok. it out. They won't be, I didn't say that they would be good TikToks. I just said that there might be some TikToks on there. Okay, let, let, let's not talk about quality. All right. And you can find quantity. my social media. Spamming. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> you can find me on social media at Carla Demis on both Twitter and Instagram, or you can find my art writings and whatever else i have on there i forget sometimes on my website carlatemis.com that's c-a-r-l-a-t-e-m-i-s awesome thank you and meg yeah um other than the bed would be head pod you can find my personal twitter uh at wisconsin act which is at w-i-s-c-o-n-s-e-n-n-a-c-h where i'm honestly i'm mostly just tweet random shit <laughs> i talk about shows that i like and and no music because i don't care about music <laughs> i mostly am there to give a hard time to my friends that i love very very much and if you want to be one of those friends you can follow me there uh this is Erin. you can follow me on twitter at e april beauty the e and the a and the b are capitalized be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. We are on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us. All the men we said we had crushes on feel free, <laughs> except for Kirk Cameron. I don't want you on the show. Okay. <laughs> Caveat. Yeah, except for you. You're the only one. Uh, but I don't think you would even listen to this in a million years. Yeah, yeah. come on, Emilio Estevez. Come on. And Carla will come on and, and interview you with me. <laughs> come on, Uncle Jesse. Yeah, come on, John Snape. Stamos. You can come on. <laughs> but you can reach out to us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. 
And next week, we are going to be talking about movies for the next two weeks. So next week, we are talking about Dazed and Confused and Empire Records. And Empire Records, I know, I'm sad that you can't be on anymore, Meg, too. But Empire Records will be released on Rex Manning Day, of course. Uh, but And Dazed and Confused, we will try not to be high while we're recording that. Just kidding. We're not really going to do that. <laughs> to say that check you later okay so <laughs> that's, the, that's the sign off that's it that's where the episode ends so until next time remember it's a fandom thing black lives matter and stop asian hate hey drew scott here and i'm jonathan scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from american family insurance they can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto kind of like goldilocks and the three bears it'll be just right for you we love a custom build american family insurance insure carefully dream fearlessly get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com products not available in every state visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you american family mutual insurance company si and its operating company 6000 american parkway madison wisconsin